The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. And I'm Jenna Million. And this is the podcast where we take the piss and debunk music fan stereotypes. Because... Let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. And this is Music Meltdown, where we talk about our personal stories as fangirls and some hot takes on hot topics. So Jenna, what is our hot topic today? So today I'm really excited to be telling you all about Australians, some Australian artists. Um, and I think if you've listened so far, you've probably picked up on the fact that me and Sarah both love British artists. Um, so we are taking it to the next level today with some Australian artists that are my favorites that I think everyone should know and listen to. So Sarah, what comes to mind when you think about music from Australia? So this is actually an embarrassing anecdote about my personal life um, because I like, okay, so when I was a teen, I made this MySpace page um, where I was trying to collect um, North American fans of the band McFly to, to write letters to mail to McFly um, to be like, hey, you have fans in Canada and the United States. Like, why are you ignoring us? This is rude. Um, so I've always been dedicated to the craft. Um, but through that um, MySpace page, like bands used to add us because like that's how MySpace worked. And this Australian band called Short Stack added us on MySpace and they messaged, like, messaged me and they were just like, we love, like, this dedication, whatever. Like, do you have a personal MySpace? Because we'd like to talk to you. And I, like, gave them my personal MySpace. And the, like, singer of, no, the drummer of this band, I think his name is, like, Brody or Brady. Like, something very Australian surfer sounding. So let's go with yeah. Brody. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, mess- he messaged me on my, like, private MySpace and he, like, asked me how... I came up with this idea and like how he could get their fans to like care this much about them and we would like message (laughs) we like message for like I don't even remember how long I think we like talked on MSN it's like again just like aging myself completely me and this like random drummer of this like Australian band that like wound up doing pretty well I think um he was like messaging me trying to have me explain to him how I could turn my how he could turn my skills of what I did into something for his band to make a street team and it was like the weirdest thing ever but anyway I really liked that band for a while and I made all of my friends like that band just because this boy talked to me on MySpace. Did you ever lead his street team? I didn't lead it. I like told him how to get somebody to do it. I was like, you have to like post MySpace, like MySpace bulletins and like get interaction from your fans. And then you like set, like you, I was like the best way to do this because obviously like I didn't listen to his band. It was like this random person messaging me, asking me for like pointers on how to do something. I don't even know how he found my MySpace. 
like how he found like a McFly fan page MySpace basically like that was fucking weird but I basically told him that like if they assign their fans like one mission who and like made it whoever like did the best got to be their street team leader and thus be in contact with them then they would get a street team and he did that and that happened so I'm a genius this okay I love this story because it just shows the power of fangirls and like the power they have to organize because they support a band like this so much and this is literally marketing this is marketing Sarah you were OG MySpace (laughs) marketer for bands yeah I taught a random Australian band how to market themselves to their fans to get them to do things for them is that on your resume oh I should I'll be like be original on your resume um but yeah so then I think that they were a band for a while and they like toured Australia and they kept telling me they were going to come to America and they never did (laughs) and then they like stopped being a band and then promises and then I think they're a band again I think that they're making music again so I don't know but they were like emo kings they all had like that side swoop and like really really skinny jeans (laughs) so yeah so that's that's my first original and like most like prevalent experience of an Australian band was this weird like emo band from Australia and then uh whatever with confidence who are um trash buckets and five sauce who are also trash buckets but not sexual predators so with confidence is worse (laughs) oh that's my experience (laughs) all right thank you for the story time Sarah if you're not, if you weren't on MySpace at the time Sarah was, when you think of Australian music, you probably think of Tame Impala because they're basically one of the biggest oh, right. Australian artists right now. <laughs> um, I, don't know where anyone, I don't know where anyone's from unless they're garbage or from MySpace. Like if they're a good person, I'm like, you could live wherever. I don't care. Yeah. There's also, uh, I feel like, the artist Benet is blowing up right now because she has some popular songs on TikTok and she's Australian. If you're familiar, you may also know Courtney Barnett is from Australia as well as King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. So in general, these genres are kind of like very like psychedelic, garage, rock. And then of course, like there's so much surfing in Australia and that, that lifestyle is very much a thing. So you have surf rock and the garage surf rock bands that come out of there. So I'm going to give you a list of like some of those bands that I like, but I'm also going to tell you kind of like my journey with Australian music and the bands that have stood out to me and tell you some fun stories. So my first encounter with Australian music is we go back to 2015, the summer of 2015. I was very much obsessed with SoundCloud and finding little tiny baby bands on SoundCloud. This other band, Tiny Little Houses, I came across and they are just like so, so, so emo. They're so emo, little sad boys making like the saddest indie rock ever. And for whatever reason, I was uh, I was just in love with that. I mean, I guess I was coming off of my, um, I was like, a, I would have just finished my freshman year of college so I'm coming out of my pop punk phase into into the new world of music and I love this band so much um so my funny story about them is that I because I love them so much because they're from Australia they're actually from Melbourne um and I tweeted them so much that they were like okay we have a super fan in Texas (laughs) Um, and they released this t-shirt that was like, they partnered with like a local artist to design this t-shirt and it was just like really cool. It was like actual art. 
Um, mm-hmm. I was like, I have to buy this t-shirt, but like shipping from Australia basically costs just as much as the shirt itself. And I was just like, I like, I don't want to pay 50 us dollars to get a shirt from Australia. So I tweeted them like about that and how I was bummed and their manager like messaged me and was like, I will cover the cost of shipping. If you wear this t-shirt outside of Mohawk in Austin, Texas during South by Southwest. And <laughs> this is like an, this is like an iconic venue. But it was just like, I was like, I go to Mohawk all the time, like no problem. But he wanted me wearing that shirt outside this venue during South by Southwest. I was like, I got this, like no problem. So he paid for shipping for me. Um, Wherever you are, Tiny Little Houses Manager, I appreciate you so much. And I still have this shirt in my closet. So then like South by came around and I like took a photo and like tweeted it to them and all that and fulfilled my end of the deal. So Jenna sent me um, like music to listen to before this because I hadn't heard of any of these bands. It's on this app called Musics, which is um, an app that's kind of like you just you can share music through it. And she like wrote these notes on it about these artists, and she kept being like, "This is so emo. This is so emo." But because I was like an OG like emo kid with like American emo music, I read these comments and then I push play and I'm like, this isn't emo music. But then I forget that like you can be emo and not sound like every single song that came out of like the Hot Topic like store in the early 2000s. And it's just really funny because I forget that emo means so much more because I mean technically if you really think about it like pure heroin by lord is an emo album so (laughs) (laughs) yeah so okay for reference um and then over oh no I was just saying the the reoccurring theme of this podcast is that Sarah Fagan does not know what a music genre is (laughs) maybe (laughs) maybe one day I will learn but I never will (laughs) I found myself in Australia um in September of 2018 and being that this band was from Melbourne, I was very disappointed to find out they were not playing any shows in Melbourne for the two months that I lived there. Um, oh so I never got to, I never, I ne- this band never came to South by. They never played shows in Melbourne while I was there. I feel like I got ripped off because obviously I love this band forever. And I would have DM'd them and been like, hey, I live here, play me a show. Okay, I did. <laughs> I did. And I got left on red. No! <laughs> I don't know if they're still making music. I don't know. Like, I don't know now what they're doing. I feel like they're lost. I, I don't know if they're I feel like the sad boy like singer should have at least taken you to get, like, dumplings or something. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I thought so, too. But apparently he did not agree. <laughs> Rude. I'm like, come on. I'm probably your number one fan. Like, come on. <laughs> um, anywho, that's okay. Because I found plenty more Australian bands to love. So my absolute favorite that I'm going to start off with is a band called Spacey Jane. And they are just very fun, happy, very like teenage coming of age um, indie rock. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're super fun. They're from Perth. They released their first full length this year in June in 2020. Um, They also signed to AWOL, which is pretty cool because AWOL is like an awesome, uh, the new age label for artists. And they were meant to like do a U.S. tour and all this stuff, which obviously got canceled because of COVID. But I did have the chance to see this band, Spacey Jane, at one of Melbourne's iconic venues called the Gasometer. The story of like seeing them. Wait, how did you find out about them? Okay, so 
okay i don't remember specifically but when i got to australia i literally just looked up all the main venues in town and all the indie venues in town and then Mm -hmm. i looked to see who was playing okay and then i looked to see which bands were playing with those bands and that's how i found all these small artists because i had i i didn't know any of these artists before i got to australia yeah um so one way or another i found spacey jane and i basically listened to their at the time they had an ep i listened to it on repeat when i lived in australia like every single day Mm -hmm. um and so then since they were from Perth, I saw like they were touring in Melbourne and I like dragged my friend with me. And it's funny because there was like a, so it was like a three band bill. And like the first band that was opening was like, I think it was a Melbourne artist. And I really wanted to see them also, but like there was like an hour between each of the sets or there was like a very long period of time Mm -hmm. where it was like, this is like a, this is like a really tiny show. It's not like, like a big, like proper like concert hall or anything and it was just like why do I like if this is a pub and like I don't want to be here for this long and then like me and my friend both went early to see this band and we got there and there was like two people there and so then we felt really awkward and it was so loud like it was just like piercing our eardrums and I think we were tired we might have been hungover we just like went down to the pub and ate like a fried chicken sandwich which we were both like really disappointed in and then like waited hours because we're like we don't want to walk all the way back to like where my friend was living and then walk all the way back again because it was like a half hour walk Mm -hmm. stayed there and finally like spacey jane played and then like more people showed up so it was chill but we were both exhausted at that point so we stayed for like five songs and then left anyway sarah did you have any thoughts about this band i really liked them i it it genuinely felt like i was maybe in the australian version of perks of being a wallflower while i was listening to it i was like wow my friends and i are in a car sticking our heads out the window screaming (laughs) yeah they're so cute um they like it's the dude has like really interesting vocals Mm -hmm. i always like the way i've described it before is there is that his vocals are very like sticky and sweet like raw honey yeah that that's very lovely <laughs> i feel like i would just like listen to them in the sunshine like in the park with my friends that's when i would listen to spacey jane and i also think they're gonna blow up so you heard it here first ladies and gents and all of our fan folks too the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about that's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials to participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So the next artist I have is Jack River. She is from Sydney, I think. And she was playing the Corner Hotel, which is a bigger... I want to say, how big is that venue? It's less than a thousand. It's probably like five to 800 ish. It might Mm -hmm. be up to a thousand. But that's also like a really well-known venue in Australia. Like I saw Wolf Alice play there also. 
Um, So Jack River headlined like two or three nights there and sold out all of them. So this was like a few nights after I landed in Australia and I like literally didn't know anyone. This show sold out, but I really wanted to go. So I bought a ticket from somebody on Facebook Mm -hmm. and I went by myself and I was so glad I did because she's just like a beautiful songstress. She's very like, um, kind of like indie rocker meets electro pop like mm-hmm. new age stevie nicks and she was wearing like this jumpsuit it was like all sequ- it was silver sequins and oh she literally just like looks like a disco ball um and she serenaded us all night long and i just like i just love her music so much she's also like a climate activist and she like started her own music festival called grow your own um oh, really and so she's cool. very much she's very active for like women in the music scene and also like climate activism and stuff like that so Yes. She seemed really cool. I mean, you sent me two songs. The one that I really liked was Confess. I thought that that was really good. So Jack River, the last thing I'll say about her is her LP Sugar Mountain came out in 2018. So that's why she was, you know, touring Australia, was headlining then. Um, And she she honestly kind of reminds me of like Taylor Swift a bit just because she like plays guitar and sings and like has blonde hair I guess those are the only things but um she's kind of like that singer songwriter like to me she's like her voice sounds like a little bit folky but she's Mm -hmm. more like on the pop side of things um but I love I love 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 her lyrics the way she storytells is awesome and she often uses space references like a lot like constellations she has a song Mm -hmm. called constellation ball and like stardust and stuff like this and i think the way she writes is really really nice yeah i definitely when i was listening to the songs you sent over i just was like her storytelling is really like captivating and it would be really easy to like listen to her record on repeat and just be like this is really cool but I mean, if you're going to compare it to Taylor Swift, I think that this is what Taylor Swift thought she was doing when she made Reputation. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's like harder, but still like poppy and kind of like folk storytelling sort of thing, but very just like easily badass. Like it doesn't come, it's not something that she's trying to be. She just is, is how I, was, how I felt at least. Nice. I appreciate <laughs> that review. Um, okay, so the next artist, I'm probably going to mess up his name because it is confusing. Um, Didiri? Didiri. Sarah, do you have opinions on how to pronounce his name? I feel like the second one it's that you said. It's D-I-D-I-R-R-I. Didiri. I feel like that sounds more Australian. <laughs> He's from like out like a city, like two, I don't know how, I was going to say two hours. I don't know if that's true, but like outside of Melbourne called like Warmbull or something like this also a name I cannot pronounce so he kind of like grew up in the countryside and he just has this very very beautiful like singer songwriter voice and I honestly am not like a huge fan of like singer songwriters in general but I was like Wait, what I does that to, mean like, a, a local who, coffee shop. Who, what is a singer songwriter what singer songwriters yeah just like they play guitar and sing so That's the genre singer songwriter but so is that Ed Sheeran or Sam Fender or are they both in the same genre and who do I need to complain to that they both be in the I same genre? I would consider, genre? oh my God, I would <laughs> consider Sam Fender rock because yeah. he has a lot more production than like a full band and Ed Sheeran is kind of singer songwriter originally. Now he's like obviously pop, but like with all the production and all that, whereas like to me, singer songwriter is more like stripped back, just like, so like hosier? I'm a person playing my guitar yeah but he also has a band so he's like singer songwriter rock like both like 
both circles. Okay. I think I get it. Oh, wait, Matt Corby's Australian. I like him. <laughs> He's also probably. I don't know how it is, so I can't say. Very cute. He was very good. <laughs> okay. So I, I went to this local coffee shop, like, right when I had gotten to Australia also and was, like, reading. They had a lot of, like, magazines, stuff like that. So I was reading through, and there was a profile on this dude in this magazine, like, a, like an interview. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. I just was, like, captivated. I was like, I got to hear what he sounds like. So um, I played, let's see, um, I think it was Jude. And then his other popular song is Bird Sounds. And I played Jude, and I think I cried, like, legitimately cried and like every time I would hear this song I would just cry because it's so intense and like so emotional and his voice is so beautiful and it was also a very emotional time period in my life and so that's why I have him on this list (laughs) I really liked the song that you sent me which was bird sounds I really liked his voice but I think that I'm probably a bit of a sucker for a boy and a guitar so that's my own problem (laughs) but no his his voice was like beautiful and I just was like really I don't even think I because I only listened to it once and I I'm going to listen to it back like I saved it on a playlist but um his voice was just so nice that I was like I could just listen to him sing he doesn't even need to have words yeah (laughs) exactly like yeah yeah his voice is very captivating my next band is Ace Swayze and the Ghosts um I am a horrible band name but definitely makes you stand out from the crowd because it's just a very long name um so my funny story about this band is that I went on a date with an Australian dude and he told me about this band and that it was his like favorite band they're also from Tasmania so they're not technically Australian but Tasmania is right next to Australia which I found out once I lived there because I just (laughs) never had no idea so they're from Hobart anyways uh this dude was like, yeah, they're really punk. Like, they're my favorite band. They're playing they're playing at the Tote Hotel at the end of the month. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. So never saw this dude again. Never talked to him. But, like, I remembered this band name. And I was like, I need to look up this band because this name is, like, driving me crazy. And then I loved them. They're, like, they're punk. They're, uh, yeah, I loved them. And so um, I bought tickets. And I went with two of my friends. Uh, and we went to see them. Uh, and I saw the dude that I had gone on a date with in the pit, and it was really funny, but it was also really fun because it was just like a giant mosh pit the whole time, and we were just going at it, and I only knew like two of their songs, and they didn't have that much recorded music out, but I freaking love them, so now they're like one of my absolute faves. I just love the juxtaposition of the two songs you sent me, which is that one was like 12 minutes long and the other was like three. And I was just like, yeah. what? Like, what are they doing? Like, A what's classic punk here? band. You got your short punchy songs and then you got your like long what the heck is happening songs. It's so funny. It's just like, it's, it's really amusing when like an archetype that has gotten bands like very mixed reviews in media and stuff is something that like sticks with like punk <laughs> bands forever where it's like oh fuck the establishment and it's like okay but the way you're fucking the establishment by continuing to make 10 minute songs is like just con- like agreeing with the establishment because you're just giving them what they expect like I just want a punk band to like mix it up and just have a whole album of like one and a half minute songs just to fuck with someone. Oh my goodness <laughs> yeah I feel like that has to have happened already. I'm sure it has. I'm um, sure I'm not the first person to have the idea. 
Yeah. So the song we're talking about is called Reciprocation. Um, and it's just like a whole roller coaster of things. And then my favorite song is called Suddenly. And I haven't mentioned this yet, but I did put together a playlist. So if you want to hear these bands that I'm discussing, uh, they will be in our show notes on our website. I don't know if this is something you know, but I mean, do you, cause I mean with British bands, like it'll, they'll be like three or four years in their career before they ever like Breaking being successful US. before they like break America. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like the whole time they probably have been touring Europe and stuff. Like, do you know how hard yeah. it is for Australian bands to get out of Australia? And if it's like necessary? I think it's really hard for them because if you think about it, now like you could probably name like a dozen british bands like british rock bands that are doing decently in america mm-hmm. but i think but like you wouldn't be able to name australian artists that are doing well other than tame impala so i think part of it being that it's so freaking expensive to fly from australia to the states because yeah. like a band that like has come out to do south by a few times is hockey dad but mm-hmm. like you don't hear them on the, you don't hear them on like Alt Nation or maybe, maybe you do, but like they don't really tour. So I just remember that I actually do have another Australian band that I really like and it's a girl, girl, a girl band. They're called Body Type. And I heard them, I went to like a DIY showcase in New York City at like, the, I think it was like Ludlow Hotel. It was like a really small venue. Um, my friends in this band called Wen Young, who are from Ireland, but like based in London, we're playing and this band body type was also on the showcase and like I was they were so good and I can't believe I forgot about them so I just I I always find it interesting when bands from Australia come over to America and they play like itsy bitsy showcases like that because I'm like it costs you so much money to get here like I'm just shocked that you that they I mean I guess it makes sense to play the tiny showcases but I'm always just shocked that they didn't try and like open like do because I know a lot of shows in New York will have bands come and they'll have like there'll be a touring party of two bands and then every city it'll be like a new opener from like in that city and so I'm always surprised that these Mm -hmm. bands who come over to do these showcases or whatever to try and whether it be to try and get like a U.S. label or whatever the case may be that they don't try and hop on or maybe they do try and they just don't get it but I always am like this band's so good I don't know why they're not like opening for somebody who's gonna get them more attention I feel like because they'll do I mean because English bands do the thing same thing where they play like New York LA and then like some cities in between but they like don't do a full tour um and so I think there actually have been a good amount of like the smaller punk bands that because there's been a lot that come for South by and then do stuff like that and like the band you name is one of them as well um but I think as far as like actually breaking the American scene like Mm -hmm. I think that's much harder um and I, I don't know I can't really think of any of other bands that have really done that uh recently yeah also like touring in australia is quite expensive because australia is freaking huge huge. yeah and so like perth is like perth is on like the western coast and it's very isolated from other cities so they have to fly like they have to fly to other cities to tour because it takes so long to drive um so i think it it is a bit more expensive whereas like obviously england europe it's super easy to just like tour those places yeah but at the same time i think australia has like Australia has its own music scene and it like these artists like Jack River these artists do really well within that scene yeah um so it's not to say like like these Aussie Aussie artists can totally have commercial success within Australia and still not break the U.S. market 
Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's common everywhere. I mean, obviously, like, there are artists from non-English speaking countries who are like huge celebrities in their countries and will probably never really break America. I've just always found it really interesting, like, how there will be artists who, like, cannot walk down the street alone in, like, London or, like, anywhere in England and then they come to New York and it's like... Mm -hmm. It's that thing where, and I'm sure you've had this experience too, but it's like that thing where you have a band you really like and they're like this huge deal in another country and then they come to America and they're like PR is sending out an email once, like once a day being like, please, we need people to interview them in America. Because I feel like when bands from America, for some reason, and this is something I, I will never understand, but I think it's just because I, America angers me is that um like bands from america will just go somewhere and they're already big like it's very very unlikely to get to see an american band play in a tiny venue in another country because the i like i I don't know how that works or why that works but it's just very unlikely and if you do get to see them in a smaller venue it's because like they're doing a special show like i got to see um, like an all-time low album release show where they were playing for in like a 200 cut venue and that was literally just because it was a special album release show whereas like when the, like when I first moved to London it was 2012 and I saw the main play at Electric Ballroom which was like a bit smaller than venues that they were playing in New York but like not really that much smaller maybe a hundred people smaller. So I have like one more band to tell you guys about and then like a few smaller ones. Yeah. So this band, First Beige, they're from Brisbane. Sarah, I only think I sent you one song, but they're yeah. a six-piece, and they're, like, very um, groovy, funky, jazzy, and their um, bio calls them uh, disco, soul, and funk. So if you think of – I don't know if you've heard this band, but for anyone listening, if you've heard Parcels, they're very much in line with that sound. Okay. Do you know Parcels? Yeah. Parcels have gotten like a decent amount of American success. They played Mohawk. They sold out Mohawk here, I think, which is like 900 cap. Um, And they're Australian, but then like live in Berlin because apparently they can just do that. Whatever. (laughs) But um, this band First Beige, they're, I wouldn't, they're not like surf garage rock. They're definitely more this like funky stuff. And they have a flute player and they have a girl who plays bass. Oh, I love a flute player. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fun. It's fun stuff. It's it's like, uh, it's kind of like that. Was it, uh, art rock, art rock back in like the seventies when they mm-hmm. would bring flute players into like, so it's really cool. It's just very groovy stuff. When I was working at a coffee shop and I would open in the mornings, I would always just put on their music and like be very <laughs> jazzy. So I never got to see them, but they're, they're a fun band. That's, I didn't, yeah, I didn't see the notification about that band, so I didn't listen to it yet, but I love, I love when a band has, like, a unexpected, like, orchestral instrument, so, like, when there's, like, a violin or a flute or, like, a trumpet, like, I just remember, and this has nothing to do with Australian music, but I just remember I, like, loved Rizzle Kicks because they always had, I think it was a trumpet player in, like, all of their songs, and I was, like, this is weird, like, pop rap, like, pop hip-hop, whatever, with, with a trumpet player and I was like I just love on like a good brass section <laughs> it's so exciting just a little a little taste of something extra yeah yeah much we love that so after that uh 
I'm just going to run through a few bands that I feel like are worth mentioning because the none of the bands, basically none of the bands I talked about today were garage rock or surf rock with the exception of like Ace Swayze and the Ghost being like punk garage. Mm-hmm. Um, but like garage rock, surf rock is such a huge thing for Australian music. So one of the bigger artists that does this is called Skeggs. They have a song that's like, get on my skateboard. <laughs> and um the one i put on this playlist is smogged out and it's about just like getting a cab into the city like i don't care how much it costs i just want to like get out of like the suburbs and like do something in the city so very like casual laid back like slack rock vibes and some others along the lines of that are like a band called the chats which they have a song that's really funny it's called like i'm taking a smoko or like i'm going for a smoko and it's about like being on work and taking a smoke break what they call it, like smoko it's very, it's very Australian. It's very funny. And then there's like a few more bands that I like are called White Blanks and Good Good Dogs, but like with two O's on the dogs. So it's like Good Dogs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and there's also a band called Drunk Mums. Wow. Love and that. their song that I have on the, their song on the playlist is called Urban Cowboy. Wow. Everything about this is iconic. Yeah, truly. Uh, so I ha- naturally I had to include them. Honestly, I don't even know if some of these bands are making music anymore, like White Blanks. I don't think they've put out anything since like 2018. Um, but I was in Australia in 2018 and I love them. So you should listen to them. Basically, I feel like saying. if you want to be really cool, you should listen to a couple bands that don't exist anymore. <laughs> so Yeah. Like, oh. I knew them when they existed. It's like, I love this really obscure man. You, like, probably haven't heard of them because, like, they no longer exist, but, like, you still have to jam sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And then two more punk bands um, are called Miniskirt and Vintage Crop. And I think... Do they go I, I together? Mini- no. <laughs> They're two separate. No, but it but- sounds like an outfit. <laughs> <laughs> They play a show together, like, if you come to the show, you have to wear a miniskirt and a vintage crop. I just, I'm just imagining, like, a tour poster. It's, like, miniskirt with opening act, vintage crop. Yeah, I would love that. That's amazing. So, vintage crop has this song called American Living, and it's like, I just want to be, or, like, I just want to live the American lifestyle. Um, so, it's really funny. And they're both, they're very punk and just, like, t- take the piss and like talk about politics and stuff like that um so anyways all of these are on a playlist on a spotify playlist for you um which will be in the show notes to listen to more i will say also the australian scene like on the note of them being like very like having a really strong music scene is that like triple j is known basically internationally I feel like everyone knows Triple J and everyone knows Triple J for the covers that like they'll have artists on and like cover a different artist Mm -hmm. um and everyone's like watch those on YouTube and then they Triple J does their hottest 100 of the year Mm -hmm. and like even though Triple J like is like they play popular music the hot 100 is dominated by Australian artists like absolutely dominated and then there'll be like a few like Billie Eilish was like a bunch of the tops when I Mm -hmm. was there but I remember, like, I would go through that list also and see who was on the list and who, what other artists I could check out. Well, I think that that just goes to show that, like, it doesn't, like, even though America tries to make everybody else think that, like, what 
is popular here should be popular everywhere else it just proves even more that like a country can be (laughs) self-sufficient even within like the music bubble that like uh australian bands that we've never heard of or australian like solo artists can be like more popular than like halsey and uh taylor swift or whatever in australia because like the country's so big and they have their own stuff there yeah i feel like americans forget that a lot (laughs) yeah americans just all about themselves all the time Thanks for listening to my favorite Australian artists. I hope you go listen to them after this because that would be sick. I really enjoyed that. I I learned a lot. This is really fun. Like, John and I have just been kind of having a blast because we've been, like, introducing each other to a lot of new music. More so Jenna introducing me because I've been living under a rock shaped like Harry Styles for six months. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, yeah, this has just been really nice because it's like getting to hear music that I never would have listened to before and really enjoying it. So I'm like, this is really cool. (laughs) So earlier Sarah mentioned Musics, which is an app that makes it easy to share and discover music with your friends. I do work for them. We're based in Austin, Texas. Um, and it's a really cool platform. So if you think like, for example, if, you know, I have Spotify and my friend doesn't have Spotify and like I text them a Spotify link to like, oh, you should listen to this song. Like they can't listen to it or they they text me an Apple Music link. I can't listen to it because I don't have that platform. So basically what we're doing is combining all that into one so that no matter what type of listening platform you have, you can share music with your friends. And the other half of it is that it, it lives all in one place. So music recommendations from your friends, as well as you can follow tastemakers and people who like work in the industry and know what's up with music, they're recommending music. So you have all of these awesome music recommendations in one place. So when you're ready to listen to it, they're all there and you can go through and listen. And it's kind of like quality over quantity. So you can send individual songs and write a caption and say what you love about the song, which is really really great because the one unfortunate thing about playlists is if somebody like recommends you a playlist it's just like it could be like 100 songs or it could be 10 yeah. songs and it's like you don't have time to listen through it and you also don't know why that person likes those songs so with musics you have the caption you can say exactly like like i was telling sarah like this band is emo and she's like this isn't emo you know <laughs> and then we can have like a conversation it um whereas if it's just a playlist they have no context into like what the song means to you um is there a way for if listeners want you or me to suggest the music that they can go and find us so that we can be like here and like explain it more if they wanted to yeah absolutely right now we're only available in north america um it will be expanding in the future so if you're in north america you can come hang out with us on musics um and we at this time we are we do have invite codes and my personal code is jenna j-e-n-n-a whenever you download and then you can follow me and sarah jenna million and sarah fagan and we can recommend you music and share songs that we talk about on the podcast so you can get an in-depth extra look into our nonsense yes <laughs> which everyone needs and and share music back with us so we can check it out and maybe talk about it too. Yeah, because that's the whole point really of these fun little Wednesday episodes is to just like let you guys know what we're listening to, our weird music stories and like stuff that we're really stoked on. 
thank you so much, Jana, for sharing all of this fun Australian music with us. I'm really excited to go listen to that playlist because it seems like you've added way more to it than what you sent me on music. So yeah. I'm pumped. And thank you guys for joining us. This has been Name Three Songs. Until next time, never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band. And remember, you're never too cool to listen to Harry Styles. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each new episode comes out and leave us a five-star review. It really helps. And if you want to find out more about any of the bands I talked about today or listen to the Spotify playlist, you can visit Name3Songs.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.